Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Today, I will be sharing part two of episode one, where I shared with you an overview of my arrival and experience here in the United States. Today, I would like to take the moment to share with you a bit more and put a bit more of context around some of the details that were shared there in episode one and focus more on the abundance of opportunities that I came across during my time here in the United States thus far. So as you'll remember, I shared about, you know, some of the culture shock moments that I had after leaving home from my bubble of you know, um, we like to call our own little tribe of family members, cousins, aunts, uncles, and parents, and moving to D.C. Um, a bit of a context is that my grandmother is one of 14, right? My paternal grandmother is one of 14, and my father is one of 11. My mother is one of 12. And her side of family as well has uh, many children. That was the era in which um, my grandparents had families. And that was the thing of the day to have large families. In fact, my mom has an uncle or aunt that has 13 children, right? And um, you would have heard... Malik Haidara's interview by now where he is one of 16 siblings. So makes the story even more riveting and interesting when you have so many people to deal with and one learns so many skills in interacting with a, such a large group of people. Um, it's, it's a mixed bowl, right? There's challenges as well as amazing moments of growth and um, some of the skills that you deal with in managing different personalities and, um, and, uh, and, and the joy that comes with having such a large community to call your own. It can be unexplainable at, at times unless you have experienced it yourself. So uh, focusing on the opportunities, um, you know, I consider myself to be quite blessed, you know, having been raised in such a, a safe and warm uh, community of, of family members. 
in my grandmother's community in Jamaica, you know, our, our family is well known. Um, no secret there. Uh, whenever we have family gatherings or funerals, I mean, the entire community comes out and, you know, it's lots of cooking, everybody helping, chipping in, cooking and, you know, and so forth. Lots of celebration and um, it's quite grand. And so, you know, that's the type of setting that I was raised in where our home was always open to our community, to our neighbors, to friends. My paternal grandmother, ha having 11 of her own, actually helped to raise several other children. I think one of her sister died and she helped to raise that sister's children as well as others in the community. And throughout her 93 years, she had an open hand and I call her the mother Teresa of her own community because she always had her hands open to give to anybody who would come along. You know, today we jokingly talk about the fact that, you know, the women in our family cannot cook small pots because, you know, grandma was always cooking these large pots. Well, for one, she had many children, uh, mostly boys. I think four females, seven males. And um, so she always cooked extra. And she was always saying, I'm cooking extra because you never know who might come along here and need something to eat. Or a friend or, or a neighbor might pop in and we want to offer them something. So she always made extra. And to this day, my aunts, even myself, when we cook, it's never small. It's always a lot left over because, you know, we like to... We gather around food, we find joy, we share, we eat together, we play together, we mourn together. That's the type of family that I was raised in. And so I think when I moved away from home to the D.C. area, that's why I, I, the, it was such a shock for me because I, our homes were always open. It was like that in Jamaica, and it still is this way in the United States. I remember our homes being open to my college friends, my cousin's college friends, people would come and spend the summer with us, part of the summer with us on holidays. Our friends would come and join us for dinner. Our aunts were always cooking. There was plenty of food for everybody, plenty of food to go around. We had games. We were all, all of us would gather and play together. And um, our friends were always welcome they would be away from their families. And so we opened our homes for them to come and spend however time, much time they needed to spend while they didn't have family in the area. And so I think I was just a bit shocked that I didn't actually receive, have the same reception when I was in the, in the DC area. And that's why I referred to my experience as being a bit, uh, did I say rough or tough? Yeah, you know, it's a very, tough city because people are constantly coming in and out. Um, it's hard to put roots down. And as soon as you make a relationship, then that person is moving either overseas or they're moving back to another state. And so um, it was quite a bit of a shock for me because I always had that community, lots of family, lots of friends, lots of extended family. And um, our homes were always open. And so 
you know, I think I was a bit naive and I kind of expected the same. And sadly, I didn't quite have the same sort of um, being pulled in by other families as well. Though, you know, I had friends who were kind to me. You know, I mentioned that I had I had found a group of friends at a church that I attended and would spend some of my time with them. And that kept me out of a lot of trouble, um, you know, in just getting connected with just the wrong people. So that was kind of a safe haven for me. And there were people who were kind to me, um, you know, who would come by, check upon me and make sure that I was okay, knowing that I was away from home and, um, and, you know, and, and opened their homes to me. But um, I think on the large part, perhaps I, my expectations were a little bit ill-placed. Um, I kind of expected the same sort of welcome and warmth that our family give or gave to our college friends um, as we were growing up. But needless to say, it's a different part of the country. And, um, you know, it was quite a bit of an eye opener for me. And um, yes, so uh, that's some of the context that will help kind of place some of the information that I shared. Um, so some of the opportunities that I came across, amazing, amazing. America is the land of um, opportunities, right? And my father gave up his very lucrative thriving business in the securities uh, sector to um, give my myself, my brother and my sister, uh, you know, better access to achieve even more and um, to have more opportunities here in the United States. And so I, I consider myself to be very blessed to have been raised in the family that I have, I was raised because I, after leaving home, I realized that there's so many people who um, find themselves in different uh, scenarios, right? So we were able to arrive in the United States already with papers and, and immigration status in, you know, in, um, in a good position where we could just immediately start working and go off to college. Very many people have to, um, you know, live in the, in the dark and hide from uh, the authorities because, you know, perhaps their papers aren't in order or for various other reasons. Um, you know, so I consider myself to be quite blessed and, and very grateful for that. Um, I want to say some thanks to, you know, just few families over the years who have been part of the opportunities um, in helping me to make it through my early years in the United States. There's one family in particular, or two families in particular in Kansas City, the Parkers and the Wrights. And, you know, I remember them uh, getting me and taking me to Sunday school and, you know, just opening their homes and lives to me and um, made me feel like I was one of their own daughters. And um, so there were people um, in Kansas City as well as in the D.C. area who actually did pull me in. Um, we have the, so the, the Parkers, the Wrights. Um, and then in the D.C. area, the Young Fies, 
were another family who were very pivotal in um, who were very helpful in you know coming over when my parents came into town for my graduation they came over um, to play games with us right and to uh, help to add some joy <laughs> to my apartment and so I'm so grateful for that so some other opportunities right I was very fortunate to have won a fellowship to move from Kansas City to DC to study, right? And um, I learned later on that I was one of 600 applicants and they chose 20 people. And so I guess that was supposed to be my path. I literally submitted my application on the last day I went to FedEx, rushing before they closed to drop off, to mail my application in. And it made it. And I still became one of the 20 of the, out of the 600 people who applied to get this fellowship. So I guess um, I consider myself, again, very blessed to have gotten that opportunity to, to study in the D.C. area and then to go move on to do some time with Department of State. And my time with Department of State took me to, to Mexico uh, Mexico City and several different cities throughout Mexico. That was quite a joyful and exciting time of my young life and my career. I enjoyed that country so much. And um, it's, uh, I would go back today, <laughs> honestly. I mean, there's so much humor and joy and culture, rich culture in that country. I am very grateful for that opportunity. And then some time in Havana, Cuba, right, um, during uh, the time when we didn't have open relations with the country. And so it was quite interesting to be there and to experience a, a uh, vibing, alive communist country and to see how things were different from the United States. And then later on, um, traveling back and forth to Guantanamo Bay, to the Naval Base, and um, later on to go to Accra, Ghana, and previous to that, spending some time in Freetown, Sierra Leone. So life has been good to me. Um, you know, that was an amazing opportunity, this fellowship that I was able to, to gain and um, opened a whole new world for me. So I am grateful, grateful, grateful for that. Um, other opportunities outside of uh, scholarships that I would apply for during the summer months. Every summer I would look, go to the library and look up scholarships and would apply and then I would be awarded some of those that would help with my tuition. So I would take out student loans and then some of these uh, scholarships that I would get over the summer months would help to supplement paying um, part of my tuition. And as well as, you know, my working hours that I was doing uh, during that time during undergrad. Right. I also had another opportunity to travel to visit a friend from undergrad in, um, in France. And I remember leaving, I think I went in 2006 on my own, leaving from Washington, D.C., to Charles de Gaulle um, airport, going through the airport, finding, using whatever French I had 
to navigate, communicate with people, going on, finding the train station, taking the train station to um, her city. And she met me at the train station and took me to her place. That was also another great opportunity, um, exposure to another country. Beautiful, beautiful um, place. I just remember bright sunshine and taking the bus one day out to the countryside and just how amazingly beautiful that country is. And, uh, and then after, on, upon my departure, she and I um, went, took the train to Paris and spent a few days um, visiting um, the Louvre, the Lac de Triomphe, um, going across Paris and just um, over a few days. It was just an amazing time. And um, I'll never forget it. Um, so America, again, is a land of opportunity if you apply yourself, if you spend time to seek information and um, never to give up and to take the opportunities that are before us and make the best of them, even when we fail, right? I've had my failures, and but I still kept working hard. I've had my disappointments, but I still kept working hard. I've cried many a times, but I still got up and kept moving. And so, um, you know, so grateful, so grateful for my family, for the families who over the years gave and supported in order for me to be where I am today. And, um, you know, though the three families I mentioned are the ones who come to mind as I'm doing this recording. And so there are many, many more, though I may not remember their names at this moment, exact moment, but I've tried my very best to stay in touch with them. And then another one that just pops in my mind is uh, Cynthia Farrell Johnson and Amer Amelia Broderick, who were so vital in just sharing with me and helping me along my experience at Department of State and trying to explain uh, the, the expectations and, and experiences that I was having at the time. So, so grateful to those two ladies um, for, you know, supporting me while I was away from home and just, you know, uh, treating me like I was a sister of theirs or a daughter. Um, so bless you, ladies. Bless you. So this show is in honor of my 93-year-old grandmother, Louise Johnson, who passed away the same day um, in January 2020 that Kobe Bryant died. Um, so we got, my dad called and gave me the news that she passed away earlier, like about 1 a.m. that morning. And then I woke up to the news that Kobe Bryant had passed away in that helicopter crash. So, um, you know, she was just such a, a matriarch and a tower of support for her entire family. She sacrificed so much. And um, she was always around. And I think we expected her to be around always. And, um, but we understand that, you know, she's resting now and uh, we bless her and thank her for the tremendous examples that she set for us and for raising such a large family after losing her husband 30 plus years before she passed and she never remarried and she continued to give whatever she had and um, to her family, to her community and, um, 
Bless you, Grandma. And then in honor of my mother who passed January 1, 2021. Mom, you are always with us. We think of you daily. And um, we know life was a bit difficult at times, but we saw how much of a fighter you were. And um, Murdit Campbell Gordon, we just hope to be able to honor your name as we do the very best that we know how in the examples and messages that you left us. Thank you for giving so much to your siblings. You were the oldest of 12 and you shared everything you had. You gave everything you had. And so we honor you. We thank you for your sacrifices. And um, I wish you were here today, well, physically, so you could see and I could talk with you and hear more of your immigrant American story. But I know you're watching down on us and that you're guiding me. So bless you, Louise Johnson and Murdick Campbell Gordon for the example and life that you've lived before us, two towering women. I, I don't take it for granted that I stand on the shoulders of giants to be who and where I am today. I honor you. Rest in peace until we meet again. I wanted to end the show out today, I wanted to give you a little bit more um, of a background. So my experience here in the United States over time, you know, when I first start, came, arrived, I, you know, being Jamaican was all I knew. I didn't know anything else. That's how I was raised. The only country I had been um, in prior to departing and arriving into the United States. And I remember trying to, you know, thinking about the two words, accommodation versus assimilation. And I wanted to stay true to my Jamaican heritage. And so um, it still is a part of me very strongly today, but I recognize that I have changed as well. I've taken on certain qualities that are quite American in my thinking, in my behavior, in the way I even speak. <laughs> People, folks on the island don't really think that I'm really Jamaican anymore because my accent has changed. And perhaps it's because I've studied languages and I've lived in different places. And so um, my accent today is a reflection of, you know, just the different experiences and studies that I've done over the years. Um, but my flag is a reflection of who I see myself to be today. My graphic designer did such a great lot job. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased of the cover photo. So as you'll see several colors depicted there, the black, green, and gold for the Jamaican flag and the red, white, and blue for the United States flag, because I truly, truly believe that these two countries, um, make me who I am today. 
you know, it's an integration. So rather than choosing accommodation or assimilation, I basically really believe that I've combined my Jamaican culture with the American culture, integrated both those two cultures to who I am today. I'm a stronger, more beautiful, more colorful per- person. Um, and the flag and my cover photo is a reflection of who I am, um, the different colors, the strength the good and the bad from both countries. And I'm grateful to have lived half of my life in Jamaica and now the second half in the United States. And um, just grateful to my family and my dad for the opportunity for, you know, being able to access this country and for having the foresight to give my, myself and my siblings the opportunity to live here in the United States. So thank you, Dad, um, and thank you to everyone who's been a part of my journey thus far, my grandmothers, my family at large, friends, extended family, colleagues. Blessing. Namaste. Merci beaucoup. Gracias. What good. Blessings. Stay healthy until we speak again. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, Subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence. <laughs>